Welcome everyone to another episode of Daybreak Crypto. You're joined with Swiss, Jake, and Greg here. And the first deal we're going to talk about, we have three different deals. Blowfish has raised a roughly $12 million round led by Paradigm. Blowfish has a very interesting technology and API that can be accessed for wallet transactions. You can use this tool to scan transactions before you approve them in your wallet. And what it does is it, it basically translates the, the code that you're interacting with into layman's speak. So if you're about to give over permissions that you, you're not aware of in this, in this contract that before you execute it in your wallet, it will tell you and it will, it will warn you which I think is a really interesting uh, technology because this isn't really, I haven't seen anything like this um, where they wrap this up in a nice UX. So a lot of times if you're interacting with any smart contract, you never know what exactly the code is that you're executing if you don't know how to read these contracts. And so this API, it's right now live on Ethereum and Solana but they are talking about with this new round of funding, expanding Blowfish to other blockchains. I'm fully expecting them to start looking at Cosmos uh, transactions because um, we haven't really seen these wallet draining transactions go live in the Cosmos ecosystem the same way that it's it's run uh, that they run the hackers and the fishers run it on Ethereum and Solana. So. I'm seeing this as uh, I'm expecting them to expand Cosmos and would definitely be interested in using this tool. Jake, Greg, any thoughts here? Yeah, this seems like a core, like a fundamental capability that crypto needs. I mean, you think about um, just how like traditional banking and payments work. Uh, imagine if you wanted to, like the whole reason Venmo and even Zelle on the banking side are valuable is because it, it makes it easy to understand what you're doing. You know, you don't have to read code to to figure out whether or not you're sending money to the right person. I mean, so much of so many of these payment apps now are just making it easier to use and understand what you're actually doing and minimizing mistakes and fraud. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would guess, you know, m well, first of all, I don't have to guess. Most people don't understand code at this level to parse it. And even the early adopters are have been in crypto for a while. Even a lot of them are prone to miss something. So, um yeah, this is a great idea. Yeah, it says, uh, go ahead. Oh, I just saw one cool thing was they, they showed on the Phantom wallet that they had scanned 125 million uh, transactions and they found uh, 11,000 wallet draining transactions that they were able to prevent. So it's, it is working in real time. Um, it would be interesting to see how many they weren't able to prevent. I don't know if they have those numbers or want to share them, but... <laughs> Yeah, um, that's on Solana, right? Phantom. Correct. I believe Phantom, you may be able I, Yes, it is a mainly Solana wallet. I don't know for sure if it's usable on other chains. Yeah, and so I think you you see this with the NFT community. There are a lot of high-profile hacks where somebody lost a board ape or something on Ethereum. But this, this ability to just scan the, the code, see what it's what it's up to and, and look for pattern recognition. I think it's, this is going to be an extremely important technology for, for users and also companies in the future. 
Yeah, well, and I mean, to Jake's point, I mean, just making everything human readable and making it easy for people to understand what they're doing. I mean, that just makes it easier for people to use the blockchain and want to use it if they're not just looking at a string of numbers and letters and, you know, hoping that you're not doing something malicious with uh, whatever code you put in there. Well, and to your point, Greg, uh, you know, these hacks still happen and they always get mentioned and the SEC comes in and enforcement of laws, catching the bad guys is a part of that. But on the front end, preventing them from even happening in the first place comes from the innovation like this. So, uh, exactly. yeah. 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 Yeah, good stuff. I want to try out their. I'm going to try out their their API at some point and and see what it's like. But um, the next article here on Juno, which is not to be confused with the smart contract platforms, is actually a, mm -hmm. a rather traditional startup. So I'll hand it to you. Yeah. No, glad you made that distinction. So uh, Juno is like you said a startup. What they're doing is they're connecting traditional finance with crypto. They are providing checking accounts to crypto enthusiasts, and they're allowing them to take their paychecks and digital tokens and use that in many traditional payment functions. Uh, so they just raised a new funding round and it was $18 million Series A led by Parify Capital Growth Fund. And they join uh, other investors that um, people might be more aware of like Balaji, Ryan Selkis and Sequoia from an earlier round. But this uh, this Juno startup, they already have 75,000 customers in the U.S. They're processing a billion dollars in annualized transaction volume. So they are already quite successful. But, uh, you know, what, what they do, their services are pretty broad. So they, like I said, they offer checking accounts uh, to people that want to take their paycheck into crypto. Once your paycheck gets into, once you get some fiat very easily into this company, you can uh, they can also set you up with like a crypto account that's separate and you can pretty frictionlessly move money back and forth so you can hold your crypto it, it would be custodied for you uh, but all in one spot you can have your fiat that you can have direct deposit from your paycheck you can have your crypto you can use it they have uh, a deal with mastercard so you can use it like a, a debit card with some cash back fee-free atms your fiat account your checking account would be fdic insured up to a quarter million just like any other uh in the traditional banking you can do bank transfers make bill payments this really seems like a company that is actually becoming like a one-stop shop for both traditional fiat banking as well as uh crypto services so that was they're rolling out some uh some payment applications for other companies as well as a reward system but um they're doing a lot and they've been pretty successful so far so did you guys get a chance to take a look at this yeah this one was really cool i i like what they're doing it says that they have over seventy-five thousand customers in the u.s who are taking some portion of their salary in crypto and what i really like is that they can help you get your crypto into layer two roll-ups immediately so you can kind of skip buying one token like ethereum or bitcoin moving it to a different exchange and swapping it into a different like a layer two like polygon or something and you can just get directly into into the layer two with their with their tool i want to try this out um because i actually think people want to spend their crypto when you're being paid in it 
either a third of it or half of it or or 100% of it, I think people actually want to be able to spend it. And the tracking of that transaction, when you when you receive the token and then you sell it for fiat or stablecoin, tracking all those tra- things for tax purposes is annoying. And so if you have a tool like this that I'm assuming they're giving out, uh, yeah, it says they it offers customers automated tax reporting through Form 1099. So mm-hmm. they're automatically calculating these gains. And these are probably very small gains and losses, but because, you know, once you receive it and you sell it immediately, that price fluctuation is probably very small uh, on your cost basis. So just being able to track all that kind of mundane stuff, I think is going to be a, a big for, hit for the UX, a big plus. Um, so, so yeah, this is really cool. I want to give this a shot. I want to, I want to see what this is like, the UX. Well, I think speaking to that, I mean, if somebody's getting paid their entire wage in crypto, they're going to have to spend it somehow, or they're going to need to, you know, convert it probably in order to pay everyday bills and things. So a company like this that can make that as frictionless as possible, while still allowing you to stay the majority in crypto, I think that's, I mean, yeah, it's another great thing for the innovation and is going, and it's an actual use case um that you're seeing for the crypto um one thing i did want to mention they are introducing a token and a loyalty program and i thought it was pretty interesting that they're not taking any the co-founders employees and investors are not taking any allocation in the token i'm glad you brought that up i thought that was maybe the most interesting part it really seems like they're kind of shirking traditional tokenomic ideas uh they view the idea that they would distribute this loyalty token, uh, Jcoin, uh, to their customers as well as their founders, as well as their team, which is, I think, kind of how most traditional tokenomics work. Uh, they view that as a conflict of interest. And so, yeah, I I don't really have a take on that. I just, that popped out to me too. Yeah, I really love that. I That was something I wrote down too. So the quote is, we feel distributing tokens to founders, investors, and team members creates misaligned incentives. Being market participants with privileged information creates distrust with community in the long term. Uh, the exit path for our company's success remains developing successful products, and the path for our investors and team remains an IPO. So I really love this because it means that they're not confusing, they're not conflating tokens with equity. And I think that you're going to see this happen, especially with these buttoned up investors. You have Biology. You have uh, Ryan Salkis, the founder of Mazari. You have, uh, I don't know how you say his name, but Sandeep, the co-founder of Polygon. And you also have Polychain, Capital Consensus Ventures. These buttoned up investors, they're not, they're not as focused on, you know, conflating equity and tokens. They're usually doing equity plays. And so we have this kind of reversion to the mean in the way that deals are done. And I really thought this is a uh, professional that they're, they're delineating the two and they're not, they're not taking a pre-mine of their loyalty token. I mean, this is a token that is being introduced as a loyalty mechanism. So it would make no sense that it really would make zero sense for the investors to get like a pre-mine of some loyalty token so that they could sp- they could dump it later. Like this, this is a token that's here to incentivize and reward the loyalty of the users, not pay off 
investors, right? And I think they're that's going to be done in IPO. Yeah, but yeah, they're trying exactly. to make it very clear that this is this isn't us trying to get out. This is us trying to reward people that use our program. That's how it, which is refreshing to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Probably help them avoid some uh, regulatory backlash of possibly qualifying their reward token as a security. Um, yeah. Sounds like there's a lot of benefits, but I want to make sure we have enough time to get to, I think, Greg, you have a, a funding deal you want to talk about? Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to talk about Horizon Blockchain Games. Um, they just secured $40 million in Series A funding. Um, they have some pretty big names um, in the gaming industry. So Ubisoft Entertainment and Take-Two Interactive. Um, who are two pretty big giants in the Web2 gaming industry. Uh, They both are involved in this funding round. Um, This company was founded in 2017. Their big product is called uh, Skyweaver. It's a a digital trading card game, kind of like Magic the Gathering or Hearthstone. Um, It's an incredibly popular game. Um, It's on Google Play, App Store, uh, PC, pretty much anywhere you can play. Uh, it seems like it's a pretty easy pick up to and play uh, free to play game, and this kind of seems like the kind of game that's really going to bring in Web two people, you know, people that like to collect cards and like to play these kind of games. And the costs are relatively low on the NFTs if you do want to buy in. It's a completely free to play game though, so you don't have to pay anything. And they really kind of put the blockchain in the background and are focused on the gameplay, which I really like to see too. Uh, do you guys get a chance to look at this at all? Honestly, I, I didn't, but the idea that Take Two is involved, I think this is at least for me the first time I've seen a very successful traditional game publisher get this directly involved into uh, Web3 gaming. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what their game plan is. I mean, as an as a co-investor in in a a game like this, um, are they trying to learn how these these are done? Are they just trying to to flip it and make money. I mean, what's the corporate development angle here? And I'm not really sure what it what exactly it is, but it's certainly notable. So, especially for a company to have a up round like this in in the market is very notable. So, well, they're doing something would, right, but go ahead. I would just add that like take two one of their most successful franchises is the 2K NBA 2K, which um if anyone's played it, it's become it has a card-based element to it. So, like, it's not just playing basketball anymore. Like, there's, like, the, the build-a-team that's yeah, the card-based. Yeah. Yes, thank you. And um, so this, I mean, now that I think about it, this actually does seem like something that, to your point, I don't know what the end game is, but I see more synergy here than I would appear at first blush. That's really interesting. Yeah, well, I think there's the big thing is just the the notable fact that they are investing in this. I mean, even with a lot of the backlash that some of these companies have faced with NFTs um, from traditional gamers, I mean, I think it's coming, it's coming to games whether they like it or not. So hopefully, having good games that are doing it correctly and are still fun to play will help encourage people to try this stuff out and not just turn a blind eye just because it's a blockchain game. Yeah, I think we should try this game out. I've never played it, but now that I now that you've brought it up, I, I definitely want to give it a shot. I haven't tried any crypto games in a while. Um, was playing Crypto Raiders for a little bit, but this one, I'd really love to learn 
what makes well, it I different. Think a lot of these, actually play it hands-on. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of these teams have learned that you can't have a $500 NFT be your barrier to entry. You have to make the game free-to-play and then have the NFTs be almost secondary to it. And I think that's, that's what that's it seems like. Games. Yeah, it's going to be the yeah. ones where you can just hop in, play, do whatever you want, and not have to worry about, you know, dropping big money on an NFT just to play something out. Well, this is a card battle game. So, I mean, Crypto Chemistry team is going to have to throw down, find <laughs> who's the superior card master. Let's go. Yeah, I'm down. Sounds I'm down. Like I want to check this out now. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks, well, we'll bro, have to uh, do a, a review in a later episode then. <laughs> absolutely. Crypto winner does not mean everything grinds to a halt. There's uh, a lot of interesting stuff. So thanks, everyone, for hopping on. We'll be back again next week. Talk to you guys later. Take care. Sounds good. Have a good weekend.